podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. And welcome along to Hope Church Gainsborough Online. It's great to have you with us tuning in and we hope and pray that this finds you well today. We're picking up right where we left off on Easter morning. Christ has risen. The tomb is empty and the angels ask the women, why do you look for the living among the dead? Mary Magdalene and the other women have seen Jesus. Two people on their way to Emmaus have walked with Jesus, although they didn't realise and recognise at that time. It wasn't until they broke bread together in their home that they realised it was Jesus. So people have seen him. People have spoken with this risen Jesus. And then he appears in the evening also to the disciples. Now remember we're down to 11 as Judas has left but in the account that we're going to have a look at today we're actually down to 10. For whatever reason Thomas, one of the 12, one of the 11, isn't actually in the room. He isn't there at this time. And we're going to look at John chapter 20 and verse 19 through 29. And I want us to ask the question today, what is in a name? What's in a name? And that's the title that we've got for today's talk. What's in a name? Thomas gets a title, as we're going to see in this and from this account today, a title that sticks with him. And it's been hard for Thomas to shake off. And I wonder, as we look through today's account, as we think about what the word's got to say to us, have we got a title? Have we got a similar experience that maybe gives us a title? Something, a similar story that's happened to you or I that puts us in a position where we've been given a title that we can't seem to shake off. So let's have a look at the word together. John chapter 20 and verse 19 through 29, as I say, I'll read it for us from my NIV Bible. Then we'll pray and then we'll see what the Lord's got to say to us. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, then they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, 
Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word once again today. We pray, Lord, that you would just speak through it, that you would speak through me. Father, that you'd encourage us as we look into what you've got to say to us today. We thank you, Father, for this account. And we just pray, Lord, that we might be blessed, we might be encouraged from it. Be with us now, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So we begin, as I say, on Resurrection Sunday. So going back just a week. It's the evening. The disciples are together. The doors on the place that they are are locked. They're essentially, well, they're in hiding. And I guess why wouldn't you be? Just think about it. Jesus has been crucified on the Friday. He's been buried. And now there are reports and they are hearing chatter. Some among them have seen that Jesus is alive. He's risen. They'd certainly heard the chatter if they hadn't seen about this possible resurrection. And I say possible because they're clearly still unsure. You know, it's huge to think that this could happen. They'd seen Jesus perform miracles. They'd seen Jesus raise people from the dead. But to come back to life himself seemed impossible. And of course, their doors are locked. Why? Well, because they're scared. Naturally, you would be. Remember, Jesus was murdered for speaking truth. They're followers of his. Naturally, they're in that same bracket. The, the Jewish leaders wouldn't want them around at all. Just the reports then of his resurrection on this Easter morning, on this Resurrection Sunday that we saw last week, the reports of the empty tomb would be enough for them to think we need to mount an army and wipe out any notion of Jesus rising from the dead. So now if we picture the scenario just perhaps a little bit more clearly and the fear then that would have been in the disciples, but also the excitement that they would have had from the noise and the chatter that was happening from the women as they came back and they heard that Jesus um, had, had, had risen from the dead. The tomb was empty and the angels had said what we've already looked at today. There's so much going off in this moment. They probably haven't even begun to deal with Friday and the atrocity that they witnessed, that they were party to, that they were there for. How do you even process that when you think about what's happening now, just a few days later? So naturally, they're together. And that makes sense, doesn't it? They need to try and compute what's going off in this moment. But for some unknown reason, as I've already mentioned, Thomas isn't there. Where is Thomas? Why wasn't he with them? 
Sunday evening, Jesus has risen. He's told those um, he's appeared to what and why has um, it had to happen. So much to process, so much to discuss, but Thomas isn't there to do that. Now, I've thought about this for a long time. This isn't the first time I've spoke on uh, Thomas um, not being in this place. And the conclusion that I can only come to, um, and forgive me for the, for the literal translation for today's modern language, but I can only think he's on the chippy run. You know the one where you draw the short straw and you've got to go and fetch the chips. You've got to go and fetch supper. It's a nightmare. Nobody wants to be uh, that person. Nobody wants the short straw. You're going to miss all the excitement, all the fun that's going off. But you have drawn the short straw and you're off to go and collect the chippy. He has to be on the chippy run. Where else could he be? So off he goes to collect supper. And then in this moment, the doors are locked and Jesus appears in the room. And we see that in verse 19 and 20. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Of course they were. You know, imagine the doors are locked and the writer here makes absolute clear, absolutely clear for us that the doors were locked. He does a little bit later on as well. It's important for us to note then. But Jesus appears. Jesus, with his resurrection body and his resurrection form, appears in the room. The disciples are amazed. The word records for us. They were overjoyed. It's true. He's alive. And then Jesus is gone. Now, I put this in the same moment then that Jesus has appeared. The disciples are just like, what? And then he's gone. And then Thomas knocks on the door. He's back from the chippy run, you know, bundled down with supper. And he gets into the room and the disciples are like, Thomas, mate, you're not going to believe it. We, we, have, we have just seen Jesus. He has just appeared to us. I mean, honestly, it was incredible. Just for a moment, he was there. And we, with the doors were locked. Obviously, nobody can get in, but Jesus is there. Listen, as we go from 21, again, Jesus said to them, peace be with you, as he speaks to the disciples. And then we go to 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, he said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, put my hand into his side. He says, I will not believe and, and you can appreciate that stance, can't you, today? That often we put, um, and we're, we're going to put a title on Thomas, which isn't new to him. Um, but, but we do that because we think, well, we'd react differently. But naturally, the reaction would be, are you kidding me? I nip out. And, and I'm not gone long, you know. I drew the short straw to begin with, which I was disappointed about. And now I get back and you're all telling me that Jesus has appeared. He's missed it all. 
Now, I'm sure that Thomas could see their genuine excitement. And I don't think for a second that he thought that they would lie to him about such a huge thing. But also, naturally, you can imagine and see in this moment his frustration with why, why wasn't I there? Why on earth have I not been in that room when Jesus has appeared? And he's really quite clear with the way that the, the writer puts it to us here. Um, as we go like the second half of 25, he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, unless I put my hand, I put my finger where the nails were and my hand in his side, I will not believe. It's like, guys, you've seen him. He's appeared in this room. OK, that's fine. But how am I meant to process that? How am I meant to, to deal with that? I, I've missed that moment. And his frustration is evident. Because of this, then, Thomas gets a title that he's been trying to shift for a long time. He gets the title Doubting Thomas. And I'm sure you've heard that um, term used for, for Thomas before. Doubting Thomas. And as my title dictates, what's in a name? Well, if we think about it, a lot. Just think about the, the disciples for a minute. You know, you think of Peter. And Peter was known, well, for denying Christ three times. Peter would have been known as the one who denied Christ. Peter the denier. And you remember Matthew, as he was called, he was the tax collector. That, that takes some shifting. That's a title. You remember the Jewish leaders sort of said, Jesus, why, why on earth are you making conversation? Are you sitting and having food with tax collectors and sinners? They, they were in the same bracket. People you do not want to associate with as far as the Jewish leaders were concerned. <coughs> and then, of course, we've got Thomas, who is known as now the doubter. The one who, for whatever reason, whether it was to nip out and fetch some supper, for whatever reason, Thomas wasn't in the room. He wasn't there to see it all. He wasn't there to witness it all. He wasn't there to be party to all that the other disciples had seen. And, and poor old Thomas gets the title. Well, Thomas, you are doubting Thomas. You're Thomas the doubter. And these titles, well, they don't get shaken off too easily. And as we think about our own situation today in 2021, maybe you have a similar story. Maybe you have a past that you'd rather forget, but often people won't allow you to. You have the title of the thief. You have the title of perhaps the liar. You have the title as the addict. You have the title as the failure. Maybe even just simply the mess. And these titles carry along with us things that we have done, mistakes that we've made. And they can leave a mark, can't they? They can give us unwanted titles. Thomas here in this moment has to wait a week 
You may have been uh, waiting years for a title to be shaken off. Let's see what happens here with Thomas and see if anything can help us today. Verse 26 of John chapter 20. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And this time, Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, the writer makes that clear for us again. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Verse 27, he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas immediately in this moment now, he's had to wait the whole week. He declares, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. Now, as we've been going through Jesus' ministry to get us to Easter, we saw John chapter 1. And if we go back to the beginning of John chapter 1, you remember it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and He was God. He was with God in the beginning. And Thomas here is making that statement that John writes at the beginning of his gospel. He makes this statement very clear. He says, you are God in flesh, my Lord and my God. You are Lord of my life. You are God creator. You are God in flesh, Jesus Christ, the beginning and the end. And Thomas here declares it. He has seen, he has touched, he has spoken with, and he has declared to you and me today. He, say, my, he says, my Lord and my God. Thomas knows that this is God in flesh. Thomas is absolutely sure. And now then, Thomas gets a title change. Now, we as people haven't let him drop it. Perhaps we should, because Jesus gives him a new title in this moment. In verse 29, it goes on and says, Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Jesus calls Thomas a believer. Thomas has gone from a doubter, and now he is a believer. All of the baggage that the disciples had from the mistakes that they had made has been wiped clean. Peter is now no longer the denier, but he's the apostle. And we'll go on to see how Jesus deals with him as you carry on through the gospel. Peter is the apostle. Matthew, who was the tax collector, the one who was the tax collector and the sinner, he was in that group. Now Matthew is an apostle. And Thomas, the doubter, the one who didn't believe that Jesus had been raised from the dead, the one who didn't believe his friends and his companions, as they said, we've seen Jesus. Thomas has gone from the doubter to Thomas the apostle. Now, the question remains then for us today. Can 
God change you? Now really, when I think about that question, that really isn't the right question. The question isn't, can God change you? Because I simply know because of what the word says to me. The answer is yes, God can change you. He's changed me. I am a sinner, but a sinner saved by grace. I am now in Christ, a Christian. I'm saved because of Jesus Christ and my faith in him. So the question isn't, can God change you? The answer is yes. The question is, will you let him? The question is, will you let him? All of the old baggage done away with, past failures and mistakes, the titles that you've carried around can be gone. All we need to do is say sorry for our sin and declare as Thomas did, as he said, my Lord and my God. And we say the same and we say, come into my heart, Lord, and change me from the inside out. And we go then in that moment from sinner to saved. As we give our life to Christ, he lives in you and your life is hidden in him, as the word tells us. God can change that title on your life. People might not forget it, but it doesn't matter when you think that creator God, the one who put the stars into space, the one who breathed air into your lungs can say you are forgiven as you say sorry for your sin, as you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and then expect that God can do the rest. He is able to do the impossible. We've seen it so many times as we've gone through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're able to declare then as we put our faith in him that I am a Christian. First and foremost, before anything else, I am Matthew, a Christian. Because of what Christ has done for me, not because of anything that I could do. And 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. And we cling to that promise that says the old has gone and the new has come. The new is here. And that church is open to you today. Maybe you're just tuning in for the first time to Hope Church Gainsborough Online. And I pray that this message speaks into your heart, that you might see that God has made a way for you to get away from that title and to be a Christian, to be saved, to go from sinner to saved. This is our prayer as a church for you today. And the key to moving on from the moment that you find yourself in, to shaking off the title that you have acquired, is that it all starts with Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you for its encouragement. We thank you for its truth. Father, we thank you that you turn Thomas from a doubter to a believer. And our prayer today as a church, that if there's anybody tuning in today that doesn't yet know you as Lord and Saviour, that you would speak into their heart. That, Father God, that your Holy Spirit might move and that lives might be changed. 
We thank you that you are in the business of changing lives. You're in the business of giving us a fresh title that says, I am no longer known as a sinner, but I am saved because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us, Father. Encourage us, we pray. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.